A historic night in Portland as Dame Lillard explodes for 60, and the Utah Jazz can't match it as they fall to the Portland Trailblazers tonight, 134-124, as Dame Lillard becomes only the third player in NBA history to ever score 60 four times. David Locke along with Ron Boone as the Utah Jazz lose it by 10. Jazz came in having won 5 of 7. Portland came in having won, lost 8 of 11. And the first quarter felt very much like that was going to be the story of the night. The Jazz led 31-19 at the end of 1. Dame was really good. The rest of Portland was not very good. Dame had 9. He then dropped 17 in a raucous second quarter in which Portland scored 47 points, the third most allowed by the Jazz in any game ever in a quarter. Uh, and then he went ballistic, 24 points in the third quarter, and Portland blew the night open. Well, he continued to have a heat check. You know, it, it just seemed like uh, every time he had a heat check, he'd step back a little bit farther away from the three-point line and a little bit farther away from the three-point line. Finally, he had a walk-up three, and then he came down the next time, and he pulled up from about 45, 50 feet. It didn't go in, but the heat check was definitely on at that point. If you're the Jazz, do you feel like you just got hit by one of those nights? Or Absolutely. are you one where you say to yourself, there are things we should have been able to do to slow this down? Well, I'm, I'm sure they're looking at it that way because no team wants an individual to score that many points on them and, and, and be as efficient as he was uh, th during the course of the basketball game. But if you look at the numbers, and I know you like numbers. I do. If you take those numbers that the Jazz had tonight, you take it against any team Every night of the week. Jazz offense was incredible. Incredibly tonight. good, yes. Jazz offensive efficiency to close the night was, a, I believe, a 124. You do that, you should win just about every single night. I mean, that is really, really high-level stuff. But the Blazers was at 130 because Dame had a historic night. Only right. two players in the history of the NBA have ever scored 60 on fewer shot attempts, James Harden and Carl Malone. Yeah. Uh, this is... You watch players like this, and what's become fun to watch? You know, you say that a lot. He's fun to watch. But, you know, he was scoring from everywhere. I know we talk about the three-point shots he was making, but he was getting to the rim. Uh, he also knocked down some free throws there as, as well. Uh, what, nine for ten from the free throw line. But he was able to drive and get to the rim, scored over some. It, he just did it in so many different areas that, that um, uh, you just couldn't, I guess, take away anything from him. They ran some doubles at him, tried to get him, and he got away from those double yeah. teams. The great thing about smart players and guys that would experience have been in the league a long time, they know how to give it up and don't go, then go get it back. Because a lot of times you run some doubles, you force them to give it up, now you're rotating out of it, now you go back and get it, and you're still in the same situation if there's time on the clock. So he, he was smart enough to do that on a couple of occasions. Uh, but the more important thing here is when they did that, and, and if he was able, able to beat the double team, boy, you got numbers when you go to the basket. I held a whole conversation before the game about vans and sprinter vans and things like that. I had no idea he was about to do this. <laughs> we compared van notes before the game, like just chatting with him. His van, his van doesn't is way better than my van now because he got sixty. He's got someone driving it. He's got, he too. does. He has a driver. He's never. He's only driven his van once in his entire life. Just if you're wondering, he has someone else who drives his van for him. Uh, Will Hardy, he just finished his press conference, and we didn't. We don't get a chance to hear it. He was, and maybe it's because we faced him tonight, but I, I'm comfortable in saying I, I think that was the most frustrated 
I've seen him as a head coach for the Utah Jazz. And I don't think it was uh, – it, oh, he was definitely frustrated. But I, I, I'd like to really talk to him and, and find out exactly what he was frustrated with. And, and was it the, their defensive schemes on Damian that didn't work? Uh, the lack of concentration out there, losing focus, turning the ball over. I mean, there are some areas that you know, he could definitely be very, very upset with. But I got the feeling, David, that with some mental things going on out there on the floor that he was very upset with that it's, it's like uh, there's portions of the ball game where guys, they lose concentration and all of a sudden they're turning the ball over or it, and and all of a sudden you get outscored 10 to 5 or 10 to, 10 to nothing or something. I mean, there was something that, I actually do not think I've ever seen before. We came out of a timeout. We started into the play out of the timeout. Yes. 12 seconds into it, we were not running it correctly, and Will Hardy called timeout because they had not started the play correctly. And I'm wondering with that play, because Conley was still at the top of the key dribbling the basketball, so I'm wondering if they were not positioned right out there on the floor or they just didn't get into the pl- the, fl- the play fast enough because Conley was still at the top of the key dribbling the basketball as though he was waiting for a cutter or something where he could get rid of the ball, and all of a sudden, what's going on? I mean, he had called a timeout. So, and I know that, uh, what was that? They had Colin Sexton and Rudy Gay and I think Horland Tucker. Uh, I'm not, I can't remember the other player. but Colin Sexton got the <laughs> wrath from... Hardy, as he came off the floor in that circumstance, we'll have to see whether that's whether it was actually. And then he actually ends up scoring out of the next timeout right. on that play. But there were more quick timeouts, frustrated. There was another timeout earlier in the night where Hardy calls timeout, never meets with his coaches. He literally, the way it usually works is you meet with your coaches and there's a chair sitting there in front of the bench and then you come and sit down with the place. He literally grabbed his clipboard, sat on the chair, facing empty seats until the players came and sat down. Yeah, I saw that there as well. I mean, it was like he was very, very upset. Um, usually, as you mentioned, he meets with the coaches, and sometimes there's one coach that's there talking to the players before Will gets there. Um, that coach didn't get a chance on that possession because he really just went over there and, and he probably let the team have it at that point. Yeah, so real frustration tonight on the other side. I mean, the real story of the night will be Dame, rightfully so, 60. Uh, you don't see it very often on 29 shots. It's one of the historic nights in scoring in the history of this league. Uh, the 47 points by the Blazers in the second quarter to me is actually, from a Jazz standpoint, like that's what I want to go back and watch. I've already downloaded the second quarter yeah. for us to watch it. Like how did it, was it, you know, Dame has 17 of them. There's another 30 points, and there was just an incessant amount of dunks tonight by the Blazers. They, yeah. they, they dunked and dunked and dunked and dunked again. Like the Jazz only turned it over 13 times. They averaged 15 a game, but they gave up 17 points. And I would, and when we watch this, I want to see how many of those uh, 17 points, how many turnovers and how many of those 17 points off of those turnovers in that second quarter. Because as you mentioned, it may have been like three consecutive possessions where they were able to get to the rim uh, and dunk the basketball off turnovers. Here's a crazy thing about tonight. The first quarter tonight was the Jazz' fifth best first quarter defense of any game mm-hmm. all season long. Wow. The Jazz' defensive rating through the first quarter was an 86. By the end of the second quarter, it was a 132. 
I'm doing light, slight math on this. I think the second quarter offense by Portland might have had an offensive rating of close to 200. Ooh. They might have averaged two points every time they crossed half court in the second quarter. I mean, that's horrific. It's just really horrific, really horrific. Now, the, the big thing here now is you got the Dallas Mavericks coming in on, on Saturday. Well, so good, what do you take away? They don't have a guy who can really score on their <laughs> roster. <laughs> they don't have a guy who can score for it. Yeah, Luca coming in. But, you know, I, I guess what I'm getting at is you, you get out just blistered by one player. Your numbers say that. With those numbers, I take any night, and you probably win the basketball game. You didn't win it because of one player. Now, what do you take away from this ball game? Um, if, okay, he just had a great night. Not a lot we can do about that, or you know, what's going on? You know, the one thing I thought I saw tonight, Ron, and, and I'm a little, I want to be a little careful with this, and that is, it doesn't look to me like we know each other well enough when we are doubling out on the floor on where we're rotating and how we're rotating out of it. Like, the lack of continuity we have, these guys have not played together a lot, 40, you know, 50 games now, I thought was really evident when we're suddenly doubling Dame out on the floor, who's got the next rotation, who's got this, who's got that. That didn't seem to be something they were comfortable with. Here's the crazy thing about Luka. I've watched, I watch a lot of Luka because he's really special. Every team in the NBA is doubling him on every possession right now, and he leads the NBA in scoring. Right, they figure it out. They're, they're doubling him on every single possession. And if you don't double him on every possession, you know what happens? He gets 60. Yeah. They, they, great players figure it out. They definitely figure it out. Now, you've heard me say a lot of times that uh, doubling that high with, with great players with the, with it, and that creates such great spacing, you know, when you do that, a, a big problem that adds – Makes it a big problem. Yeah. Um, but Damien shoots them out. Right. There, I, you I, know? Mean, so, here's what's interesting. I think you've influenced me enough, Ron. I watch games. I fundamentally do not agree with doubling at 40 feet. Like, yeah, I just yeah. think it's I think it's death row. Like, yeah. you're, just walking, you're just walking down to your execution. Yeah. That's and, too much spacing for how good right. these guys are nowadays. But I don't know what you do with Luke, and I don't know what you do with Dame on a night like tonight to do anything else. <laughs> That's like, my I, point. I, I think your choice is whether you like That's a lethal injection or whether you like a gunshot. To, like, right? Like, I mean, which, which way would you like to go down death row when Dame Lillard and Luka Doncic are having it? Like, I think there's a little bit of that. Um, and you can just take your pick if you're the other team. And, um, you know, some of it's saving face. I think you don't want him to go score 80 on you, and it felt like Dave <laughs> could go get 80 tonight if we didn't start double-teaming um, since he got 60. All right, uh, two stars tonight. Uh, Lacey and Andy, who are our most common chatters, are actually willing to give a star to an opponent tonight. Um, I like that. Dame Lillard with slight Utah ties gets a star. I don't know. We've never done that before. If we didn't give one to Joel Embiid, which honestly, Joel Embiid's fourth quarter in Philadelphia mm-hmm. is still maybe the greatest 12 minutes of basketball I've ever yeah. seen in my mm-hmm. life. And this then the game right winner. And the game winner. Yeah, and this is right up there. This yeah. is this was really special tonight. Um, do you have Jazz players that you're willing to give two stars to? Probably Conley and yeah. Conley had three turnovers tonight, having had one in his previous five yeah. games. Ten assists and 31 minutes, eight points. Markkinen was very quiet. I mean, it's like he didn't have an impact on the ball game, but still got he he got his numbers. Um, I'm going to give oh. the Jazz first quarter defense a star. Oh, that's uh, the whole starting. Just five. the first okay. quarter. The that Jazz get a star good. for their first quarter defense. That sounds good. And Dame gets the other star. Sorry, Lacey. That wraps us up. Incredible <laughs> night. Not great to, you know, don't like jazz losses, but that was that was pretty special. These yeah. guys are the greatest in the world. And every 
think about think about this concept for a second. When you're watching an NBA game, you're watching 20 of the 240 greatest players in the world. You're watching about 10% of the greatest players in the history in the world. 450 players in the league. But so probably 400 players. And every now and then, one of them on that floor is so dramatically better than all of the others. It's really magical to watch. And then there's a night where one of them's better than anything you've actually ever seen on the floor. And that is a night you don't forget, like tonight. Have a great one.